0: Hey everyone, I too want to welcome you to this service, this online service of the Hershey Free Church. My name is George Davis. Thanks for joining us. Some of you are new to our church, and I want to say welcome to you. Also, if you'd like to connect after the service and you're watching on Sunday morning, please feel free to join me for an online Zoom chat right after the service. One other thing I wanted to highlight in talking about the life of our church, earlier this week, we had an online Facebook watch party where we took time really just to celebrate God's faithfulness in the life of the Hershey Free Church. If you missed that, you can find that at hfcinfo.com or on our YouTube channel. We're also making available our annual impact report. You can find that online as well, and that's got some great stories just about what God has been doing in the lives of the people who are part of our church community. Now, as we continue during this uh, season of pandemic, uh, one of the things that I think has actually been encouraging is, is the way in which different people have expressed appreciation for healthcare workers throughout the country. Maybe at some point you've seen a sign like this, or you've seen video of people cheering healthcare workers during, during a shift change at a hospital, and I think this, this is appropriate. This is what we need to be doing. Even on this weekend where we acknowledge and remember those who have died after serving our country, I also want to say thanks to those of you who are in the healthcare profession. Thanks for your work in serving our community right now. Now, this, this theme of gratitude really brings us back to our study of the book of Philippians. So if you've got a Bible, I want to ask you to join with me in uh, turning to Philippians chapter 1. As we started last week, uh, this this story of the book of Philippians is a story of the Apostle Paul writing this church that's going through challenges and difficulty, and and he writes them just to encourage them. And and at the heart of his letter is this encouragement to become people of resilient joy. As we begin the main section of the letter, we're going to encounter this theme of gratitude. But before we get there, I want to ask you this question. When it comes to gratitude how would you how would you describe yourself think with me let me just kind of give you this uh, spectrum the spectrum from being grateful to ungrateful I mean, on the one side are people right that are that are always grateful grateful to God grateful to others at the other end of the spectrum are people that really aren't grateful maybe people who have a tendency just to take things in their life for granted and my question for you is this um, so where, where would you put yourself on this spectrum? Where do, you, where do you line up? And by the way, if you're watching this with friends or family, here's a great, here's a great question for you after the service is over. Where, where would you put yourself on this line? Now, now if we're honest, I think some of us are going to have to say, you know what, I'm really, I'm really closer to this side of the spectrum than that side. And if that's the case for you, I, I also think we need to acknowledge some of the reasons why gratitude can be difficult. Let me just highlight a couple of roadblocks to gratitude. First of all, I think gratitude can be difficult because of of complicated life experiences. For some of us, the things we've gone through, things in our family, things in the workplace, things we've experienced, just just make gratitude more difficult. Another reason sometimes gratitude becomes hard is that we we get stuck in, in, in a cycle of comparison. If I'm always comparing myself to other people, the success of others or what's going on in their family, that's going to make gratitude more difficult as well. If, if you're in that cycle of always comparing yourself, gratitude will become more complicated. One other roadblock to gratitude is this. It's, it's just a critical attitude, a critical spirit. If, if I'm a person who's you know, always focusing on the negative, always complaining, always critical gratitude is is going to be more difficult. The reality is critical people are not grateful people so as we as we now come to the text, I, I just encourage you to do a little bit of self evaluation how Where exactly are you just in terms of of relating to gratitude how How prevalent is that in your life? and as you think about yourself let's now come to the experience of the apostle Paul as told in this letter to the Philippian church. And right at the beginning of the body of this letter, the, the thing Paul begins with is its gratitude. Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Now think about this. Here's the apostle Paul. He's stuck in a jail cell. We know he's writing from prison. Most likely he's, he's writing from Rome, but even as he's writing from prison, as, as he begins this letter, the first thing he does is, is express thanksgiving. He starts with a sense of gratitude and, and notice what he's specifically grateful for. He, he says, I'm, I'm remembering you and what I'm grateful for is our partnership in the gospel. Some of you may be familiar with the Greek word koinonia. This is actually the word that is used right here. It's often translated fellowship, but, but really in this case, what it's referred to is partnership. Paul says, look, I remember you guys. And as I remember you, I think about the way the good news of Jesus has brought us together. I think about what we have in common. Now, as you, as you read these words, remember this. Here's, here's Paul he is thousands of miles away from this church. I mean, talk about physical distancing. Here you have it in the Bible. And yet, even though they're separated by such a great distance, as, as he remembers them, he is reminded of the fact that, hey, we're in this together. We're recipients of the gospel. And, you know, I think given our current situation, this is, this is a good reminder for us. I mean, we're, we're watching this in, in isolation. We're separated. We're not together. And yet what Paul is reminding us is this, even though there's physical distance, there's still something deeper that brings us together as a church community. There's still something that brings us together. And that's that's the work of the gospel. Now, Paul repeats this theme in verse seven. So as you continue and in the opening part, Paul says, all of you share in God's grace with me. Interestingly, this is actually another form of that same Greek word, that Greek word koinonia. So Paul says, Look, I, I'm stuck in a jail cell, but I am so grateful to God. Because we have been brought together. We've been brought together by the good news of Jesus. We've been brought together by God's grace. And so he's remembering what they have in common, remembering this shared gospel, remembering their shared experiences, remembering the way they partnered with him and worked with him and supported him. But here, here is where this gets really interesting. Normally, when you and I think about gratitude, we think about being grateful for things that have happened. We think about, right, being grateful for things in the past. But Paul isn't simply grateful for things that have happened in the past. He's also grateful for things that will happen in the future. Notice what he says also in this paragraph. He says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So Paul is is grateful to God, but he's not simply grateful because of the way they've all been brought together by the work of Christ. And he's not simply grateful because now they all are sharing in God's grace together. He's also grateful because God will continue to do what he has started. God will finish what he has started. And and for Paul, that just, that wells up in gratitude. And so here's, here's one of the things I think we're seeing in Paul's life. Gratitude flows out of confidence in God's ongoing grace. Gratitude uh, flows out of confidence in God's ongoing grace. And let's, let's just talk about this idea of grace for a moment. When, when you and I talk about grace, we, you know, we often use terms like, uh, well, it's God's unmerited favor. It's, it's God's initiative on our behalf. I like to think about grace as the different ways in which God is for us. Of course, foundational to God's grace in our lives is the work of Jesus Christ. It's the good news, the gospel, whereby we are brought into relationship with God. Our sins are forgiven. We're given new life because of what God has done through the work of Christ. That's why Paul says, you know, we are saved by grace. But here's where we have to be careful. We have to be careful because sometimes I think Christians settle for a limited view of God's grace. And here's what I mean by that. A limited view of God's grace goes something like this. I become a Christian through grace. But now that I've become a Christian, everything else is up to me. Right. Grace is simply that that work of God that that allows you to become a Christian. But now I'm on my own. But notice Paul says the exact opposite of that in this passage. Paul says, look, we are now sharing in God's grace together. Furthermore, he anticipates the reality that God's grace is going to continue to be at work in their lives, even though they're facing a difficult situation. Now, I think this was really important for for the Philippians to hear. I mean, remember, this is a church. They got off to this great, amazing start. But now, now things have become more complicated. And now it would, be an easy, it would be easy just for them to sit back and go, you know what? Uh, it was great that Jesus died for us, but now we're on our own. Now we've got to figure it out on our own. And Paul says, no, no. He said, I'm grateful to God because I know the grace in your life is going to continue to be at work. And you know, I think as followers of Jesus, we need to hear that as well. We need to understand that the journey The journey of following Jesus is a journey filled with God's ongoing grace. His grace doesn't stop just because you become a Christian. I mean, his grace can be at work in in circumstances. His grace is at work through through his spirit who convicts and challenges and encourages. His grace is at work as, as we engage God in scripture and prayer and other spiritual rhythms. His, his grace is at work in the context of different relationships and situations. I, I was thinking about this in my own life this week. Um, and you know, as I look back at my life, I think I can, I can see different seasons of my life, different chapters of my life. and And when I review those carefully, the truth is, In each chapter, there have been certain people in my life who've really been agents of grace. People who have just encouraged me, who've walked with me, whose whose friendship has been very meaningful. People who at times have challenged me or helped me think through different issues and decisions. People who just helped me understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And and their their work in my life has just been an example of, of God's ongoing grace. So Paul writes this letter to, to the church of Philippi and things have become more complicated. Complicated for the Philippians, complicated for the apostle Paul. Yet as he begins this letter, he's, he's still confident and he's, he's still overflowing with gratitude because he knows that God's grace will continue. And so he, here's, here's one of the things I think we have to take away from, from this experience of the apostle Paul, and that's this. Grace-aware people are grateful people. Grace-aware people are grateful people. The more we are attuned to the reality of God's grace, the more we are aware that God's grace continues in our lives as followers of Jesus, the more grateful we will be. Now, I realize at this point you may say, okay, yeah, that's true for the Apostle Paul, but look, I'm not the Apostle Paul. (laughs) And you're right, we're, we're not We're not Paul. But I want you to notice this in this passage. After after describing his own experience, Paul then prays for the Philippians. And I think in a real sense, he's not simply praying for them. He's praying for us. It's like he looks at you and me and says, "Okay, look, I I realize you're in a stressful situation. You're in a, a situation that's causing uncertainty and fear and frustration and you're tired he says in the midst of that, I want you to understand that God's grace is still at work. And, and I want you to live in response to that grace. I want you to embrace that. Because as you do and as you become more aware of God's grace, you're, you're going to grow in gratitude. And you're going to grow in, in resilient joy. So Paul prays for this church and he's praying for us. And, and here's how he prays. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, as we look at this prayer, remember what Paul will say in, in chapter two, Paul's going to say, I want you to work out your salvation because it's God who is, work, is at work in you. And I think we need to, to read this prayer with that in mind. He's praying for God to be at work in their lives. But even as he's praying for God to be at work in their lives, he also wants them to work this out. He wants them to live in a way that is consistent with the subject of this prayer, to, to live a life that is oriented to God's grace. And I think as you look at this prayer, um, there's a certain flow to it. First of all, he says, I pray that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. And as he's praying that their love may abound, he's praying that they would become more deeply rooted in the gospel so that it, it's shaping how they think. And this is then to lead to, to the ability to discern what is best, making wise choices, wise decisions. And, and the result of that will be the fruit of righteousness. I mean, it's going to result in a particular way of life. Here's, here's another way to think about this prayer. It's, it's really a prayer for a lifestyle of grace. It's a prayer that they would be rooted in the gospel, rooted in love so that their love may abound more and more, and that, so, so that the truth of the gospel is going to shape their outlook on life. And as they're rooted in love, that, that will then lead to discernment, wise choices and wise decisions. And as a result of that, they will lead a fruitful life. And so I think in all of this, what Paul is doing is, look, I want you to live in response to God's grace. I want you to embrace the reality that God's grace is at work. And as as this becomes your way of life, and this is how I'm praying for you, as this becomes your way of life, you're going to grow in gratitude and you're going to grow in resilient joy. Now, with this in mind, let's, let's just think about um, the Philippian church for a moment. And let me just show you why this lifestyle of grace is important. This is a street from ancient Philippi. Now, one of the things you need to understand about Philippi is this. Uh, the city is located in what we now refer to as Greece. But even though it was located in Greece, it had been officially designated as a Roman colony. And because it was a Roman colony, it was deeply influenced by Roman values. Now, a key cultural value for Rome was the pursuit of honor. And in in the Roman culture, you pursued honor by being able to be better than other people, by by out-achieving other people. And that value was deeply appreciated in the, in the city of Philippi. In fact, archaeologists who have worked in this area have discovered over 700, 700, honorific inscriptions in this community. And by that, I mean things like plaques and monuments and tombstones. And, and all of these inscriptions were inscriptions that kind of that boasted about someone's achievements and the things particular individuals had done. So, imagine what it would have been like walking on this street. Imagine what it would have been like for those early Philippian Christians walking through their community and seeing all these signs and inscriptions that were constantly reminding them of what other people had done and what other people had achieved. Now, what would have happened? What would have happened if they had simply absorbed those cultural values? Well, if they had simply absorbed those cultural values, they really wouldn 't be rooted in love. They, their outlook would be rooted in selfish ambition and, and it, that wouldn 't really lead to wise discernment. It would lead to engaging other people with the desire of well, how do I win and how do I achieve more than you do. And how can you help me achieve my agenda? And it wouldn't have resulted in a fruitful life. But Paul says, no, I'm praying, I'm praying that you would be rooted in God's love. I'm praying that you'd be rooted in God's love in such a way that it fosters this lifestyle of grace. Grace. And as you are living in response to God's grace, as you're living in his grace, it's it's going to cause you to develop more and more gratitude. It's going to cause you to develop resilient joy. Remember, grace-aware people are grateful people. Now, let's just think about this for a moment in terms of our own situation. I mean, right now we're in a situation characterized by uncertainty, stress, weariness. Now what if my mindset what if my mindset is really rooted in my circumstances rather than rooted in love? What if my mindset is really controlled by the uncertainty of all that we're going through right now? Well, if that's the case, it's not going to lead to wise discernment. I mean, we we don't make wise choices when those kinds of circumstances are governing our thinking. But what if I'm intentional? in reminding myself of the gospel? What if I'm intentional, you know, different ways during the week and coming back to the truth that, okay, this is a crazy situation, but we're deeply loved by God. and God is at work. Well, when I'm rooted in love, it's going to help me counteract those negative patterns of thinking that can sometimes distort my discernment. Likewise, think about this. I think for some of us, part of the hardship of this situation is we are feeling, uh, we're feeling stress in relationships. Some of you, your your couples, your families, you would acknowledge, you know what? We've had to spend all this time together and we're now going after each other. It's gotten to be hard in our family. It's gotten to be hard in our marriage. But what if in the midst of that, we still seek to be rooted in the gospel, rooted in God's love? And we remind ourselves of the gospel so that you know, when I hit those hard points, I'm going to have the discernment to know how to bring the tension down in these relationships. Or maybe I'm going to be rooted in love in such a way that I'll have the discernment to know, you know what, I need to apologize for what I've said. I, I just really blew it. We're all under stress, and I, I need to acknowledge that. Likewise, what, are, what, if, what if we're rooted in love during these times in such a way that we're not simply focused on ourselves, that... We now have the discernment to think outwardly and think about how can how can I be a source of encouragement to other people? How can I spread hope? You see, when we when we seek to adopt this lifestyle of grace, it can bring about change in our lives, even as we're going through the kinds of things that we are going through now. So as we live this way, we're living in God's grace. It's like Paul says: look, I want you. I want you to take this on. I want you to be attuned to the reality of God's grace and live in response to God's grace. And as that happens, you're going to develop gratitude. As that happens, you're going to develop resilient joy. Now, let me just see if I can make this very quickly. Very quickly, I want to make this practical just by suggesting a couple of concrete things. Here are three ways you can make what we're seeing in this passage practical. First of all, pray this prayer. This is a great prayer for us to pray for ourselves and our families, for our kids, particularly during a time like this, to pray that, you know, I would pray to be rooted in God's love so that I make wise choices and that my life becomes a life that is fruitful. And to pray this for our kids, this is a great prayer for those of us who are parents to pray intentionally for our children. Here's the second thing you can do. Each day, just close the day, by saying, "What can I celebrate today?" I encourage you to try that. Just try this for a week. Each day, as I come to the close of the day, what can I celebrate? What can I celebrate about God's grace today? Have I seen it at work? And if so, where? And the reality is, as we become more attuned and as we become more attuned to paying attention to God's grace, that's it's only going to continue to develop within us an attitude of joy. It's going to continue to develop gratitude as well. Finally. Um, In the midst of all that we're going through, ask, how can can I be an agent of grace? How can I be an agent of grace? You know, as I adopt this kind of lifestyle that Paul is talking about, what are ways in which I can be a source of grace in the lives of others? What are ways in which God desires to work through me to have a positive impact on others? So pray this prayer each day. What can you celebrate? And then ask yourself, how can I be an agent of grace? Three practical ways to take this theme of gratitude seriously from the book of Philippians. So I think as we look at this passage again, ultimately, Paul is saying this to us. He's he's looking at us and saying, you know what? I know you're in an unexpected situation. I know this isn't how you planned your year to unfold. But he's also saying, but you know what? This is also a season where God is at work because God's grace in your life is ongoing. So I want you to grab hold of that. I want you to embrace it. I want your lifestyle to reflect it. And as this happens, you're going to grow in gratitude and you're going to grow in resilient joy. Let's pray together. Gracious God, uh, we acknowledge even in the midst of this unexpected season that as Paul tells us, your your grace is at work. And Father, I just pray that we would be open to that. I pray even as we start a new week that we're going to be open to the reality that that to be on this journey of following Jesus is to be on a journey where we constantly encounter your grace. Father, may our awareness of that and may our desire to live in light of that just continue to foster gratitude and joy, even in the midst of a very difficult situation. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.